Hey everybody, welcome to The Swim Brief. I'm Chris DeSantis, and I wanted to take the opportunity to expand a little bit on something that I was talking about on last week's podcast. I was uh, on with my co-host Joel, and we were discussing uh, something as it relates to uh, mental health and the particular era that we are in. And I think something clicked for me when I was out on a walk and I was walking and talking um, earlier this week. Uh, you know, I was thinking about because, you know, I, I have definitely been on a journey personally where I have been investing a lot in my health. Um, and that has come with both some investments in my physical health and in my mental health. And, you know, uh, a long time ago, I was listening to an interview with a, a swim coach, actually, Matt Kredich, and somebody was asking him, you know, like, hey, like, what's your take on the mental side of the sport? And he challenged the question a little bit. He said, you know, I don't think that you can extract or isolate the mental part of the sport from everything else. Everything is interconnected. And I think the same thing is true for physical health. And I want to delve into one aspect of that. And the aspect that I think um, clicked in for me while I was out on this walk is, you know, right now, as we uh, look across into our modern society, um, one thing that, you know, I think a lot of people recognize is that we have an obesity epidemic, right? Um, we are uh, struggling in a new way as a uh, um, as a species with something that you know essentially we we couldn't really have as a problem, for instance, a hundred years ago um, because the conditions just really weren't there for it to exist. Like life was too hard, <laughs> and too many people were struggling to eat. Um, and just get the basic sort of nutrition that they needed to sustain themselves for there to be anything like a obesity epidemic. And, you know, there are a million theories out there about, you know, why, um, why we have this problem. But I think one of the simplest ones for me is it has never been easier to eat unhealthy food, okay? Um, I know this from personal experience because I'm a human being who um, finds a lot of the unhealthy foods that I know are not going to be good for my health, that are not going to contribute to my overall well-being, nevertheless are extremely available <laughs> and pleasurable to eat in the moment. Like they are delicious. Um, people are, are out there crafting up incredibly delicious, incredibly appealing foods that, um, and making them cheap <laughs> that are not, uh, that are not, you know, really good for your health. And at the same time, you know, we're looking across and I think there's um, greater and greater acceptance that um, we are facing unprecedented challenges with 
people's mental health. You know, like I focus a lot on the aspect of it within sport. I think it's come much more to the forefront of the conversation in sport. And um, I think that's overall been a really positive thing. But, you know, there will be people asking, like they'll be asking a version of the question that I asked, you know, when I um, 15 years ago, when I was working my first summer camp um, or swim, swim summer camp, and, you know, we had to eat lunch in the middle of the day. And, you know, that was my first encounter with, hey, well, there's like five kids in this group that have a peanut allergy. And I was thinking, like, what? Where was, what? I don't, growing up, I don't remember anybody with a peanut allergy, right? Like, what, what, what's going on? How, how is all of a sudden there's so much peanut allergy? And I think sometimes people think about that with, um, mental health as well. They just go like, well, you know, growing up, like, you know, I, there weren't that many people with mental health problems and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I think a huge aspect of that, which I don't want to dismiss at all is just a general lack of recognition of mental health, um, as, as like real and, um, mental health problems as real and, you know, out there. But I also think if I bring it back to the, uh, the comparison I'm making with obesity, that it has never been easier. It has never been more available. It has never been cheaper to do things that are detrimental to your mental health. So it's not surprising that there are a lot of people out there who are struggling with their mental health. And how do I know that? Because I have a big fancy degree um, or I specialize in positive psychology. Well, not really. Um, I know that mainly from personal experience because I have struggled with my own mental health and I have um, been, as I said, on a journey changing a lot of what I do. And it's been extremely hard to do that right? Changing your behaviors and your patterns and um, the way that you do things is extremely hard. It's one of the reasons coaches exist because coaches are people that actually can make it easier for you to change, right? They are, they are change agents. They are somebody who um, can help accelerate the pace of personal growth and change within you. Um, but I've been on a journey doing those those things. And it has made me realize so many of the thoughts and patterns that I had that were just like, they just sort of like fell into my life. <laughs> I didn't necessarily even really intend for them to be there. And then all of a sudden they were there, they were hurting me and yet they were incredibly appealing. Um, I was extremely like motivated to engage with them. And um, so it created a, a, a massive struggle. Now, like, look, I'm going to go to the most trite example that everybody goes to, but it is also the most universal example. And that is of the smartphone. People who are listening to this podcast, you know, actually have a number of friends that listen to the podcast. So they're going to know exactly they're, they're, they're going to be nodding their heads at this next passage. Um, one of, for instance, a, a habit change that I have made is um, I, for large periods of the day, and I'm considering just kind of going 
full time with it, I have my phone on do not disturb mode. Okay. Because I realized that um, it was having a negative impact on my own mental health to get basically urgently interrupted by something that would draw all of my attention in the middle of doing tasks that I actually wanted to do, right? So it didn't even matter that what I was getting interrupted with on the phone was not something important or urgent or really what if I had, you know, like if I, if I got to the end of my day and I went like, what did I set out to accomplish today? And then what did I actually do? You know, I could look and see that because of, because of interruptions, because I basically just by default enabled a device to say like, Hey, interrupt me whenever you want and take all my attention. And I will, you know, like just respond like it's an emergency to the, to whatever it is you're, you're, you're pinging me with. So I would end up at the end of the day, uh, doing a bunch of tasks that actually were not important that were not um, beneficial to me or the people around me or the people that I cared about, but simply were prioritized because, because I had, I had allowed this device, which is um, while extremely useful, while it um, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that anybody, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, advocating that, you know, like, let's all smash our phones. Like, no, no, no. Like there's no putting these genies back in the bottle, right? There's no, like, what are we going to do about the obesity? epidemic? Well, let's like make everybody starve again. Okay. No, <laughs> um, we are not going to, uh, eliminate the negative impact that for instance, a smartphone has on the mental health of people by uh, just pure restriction of that. What it means is that we have to be able to set up intentional systems. Like for instance, if you think about the whole concept of sport or the concept of gyms, Right. I, I belong to a pool and a gym. Um, and for the most part, a hundred years ago, gyms did not exist. Right. Um, and I hope there's not too many people listening to this podcast that go, well, like gyms should not exist. So if we all accept that they should exist, why should they exist? Well, like, look, there's no putting the genie back in the bottle in terms of we know that it is healthy for people to exercise. We know that it's helpful to people to move their body and do things with their body and expend energy and, and train themselves and maintain their strength and um, keep a certain level of aerobic fitness. We know all these things are true, but the circumstances of our life don't provide them naturally anymore, right? Many of us don't do manual labor, right? Some of us still do, but most of us don't anymore. Our natural lives don't provide the kind of stimulus that we need to be healthy. So what are we going to do? 
Well, we have to set up some infrastructure so that people can actually be intentional about doing the things that they want to do that are good for them. Okay. And this is why, um, I am offering the course that I'm offering. Okay. Because right now, if we go back to the beginning of this podcast and talk about like the fact that mental health issues have never been more pertinent in the world and have never been more pertinent um, in my little piece of the world, which is the sports world, and even the littler piece of that world, which is swimming, the sport that I've spent most of my adult life coaching. Okay. What are we going to do? Are we simply going to sit and be reactive and wait for problems to come up and then, you know, try to respond to them in the moment? Or are we actually going to start setting up intentional systems that improve the circumstances for what we're doing? Like, are we actually going to look at this whole system and start to take proactive steps? In my opinion, we can't afford not to, right? It would be like, you know, the, the, like everybody moving off of a lifestyle where, you know, like most people are working on a farm or, um, doing some kind of manual labor or anything. We just go like, we're not going to build, we're not going to build gyms. We're not going to build gyms. Like we'll just, people will just have to figure it out. I don't think, um, that works. And I guess the part of this that I also think is really, really important is coaches as people have an ability, have the potential to make such a giant impact on the mental health of society <laughs> for lack of, for lack of being over dramatic, but they, they really do like they have such an amazing potential. And what I'm seeing right now out there in the world is a lot of coaches they know that they actually know a lot about what to do and yet what is being communicated to them over and over again is that they, that they don't know what to do and that they should, they should butt out and that um, essentially their, their interaction with mental health should be just to understand that mental health is important. So, you know, they're, they're, they're being excluded from the process when they are the people who have the potential to make such a giant difference, okay, in the lives of people. And, I, and by the way, a lot of that exclusion of coaches, I actually think it comes from a, a good place. And it's because a lot of the language um, around mental health, the language that we use to talk about it, right, comes from the mental health field, right, where people are treating mental health problems. 
And when you're treating mental health problems, mental illness, okay, you need an environment of confidentiality for one. So if somebody has, um, is getting treated for an illness, right? You like that, that's a medical setting and people should expect privacy and confidentiality in that situation. So it's, it makes sense that if you are a coach and somebody, um, on your team is really struggling with their mental health and they seek treatment from a mental health professional that you are excluded from that. Okay. That is good. I am glad that that exists as a process as somebody who sees a mental health professional. I am glad that I don't have to tell everybody what is going on in inside, um, inside that conversation that I have confidentially with that person. I think that is really, really good. Okay. And yet there is a whole conversation to be had that is not happening in a lot of athletic settings. And that is why I get so jazzed up about the potential for positive psychology right now. And that's why I'm offering a course in positive psychology right now, because what positive psychology does is it gives people the ability to get coaches, the ability to get in the conversation. You have a vocabulary that is not the vocabulary of depression, anxiety, and the diagnostic, the DSM, the diagnostic um, statistical manual, where they've got all um, forms of mental health problems cataloged, okay? You actually have a language then, you have a, a, a methodology, you have a organized system for talking to people about what's going on in their head that doesn't need to be in the realm where like the same level of like medical confidentiality needs to exist. Now, of course, there's going to be some pieces of it that involve some privacy and people are going to be talking about intimate things. Don't let me suggest that like, you know, positive psychology is just going to allow you all to like shout out what's, you know, what your internal feelings and thought process is at a whim. But like, I see so many coaches that are so frustrated because they are coaching a team. They can see that athletes would really benefit from um, from them. And yet they've got all sorts of forces pushing them out. I am here to help put you in the game. Okay. To get you into that conversation, to give you the confidence to go into that conversation, to say, no, actually I'm here because I know I can make a giant difference. I know that I can make a really positive impact. And frankly, that's goes right to the core of why most of us got into coaching in the first place, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're competitive. Yeah. Maybe we played sports and we think like the competitive part of it is fun. But if I go to the core of coaches, we're change agents. Okay. We love the act of helping other people to change themselves 
for the better. And we love finding new and faster and better ways to accelerate that personal growth. And um, I think every coach I've had in my entire life, you know, like whoever I think is the worst coach all the way up to the best coach, they had the ability to provoke growth and change. Um, I'm going to talk about that actually probably on next week's podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference between the kind of motivation that um, initiates change and the kind of motivation you need to sustain change in the long term, because that's something I've been thinking a lot about, again, as I've been on my own personal journey trying to um, change some things. But for this week, I just want to focus on this singular concept, and that is the idea that we have never existed in a society where it is easier and more effortless to do things that are not good for your mental health. So what do we do about it? The, the, the solution is not simply to restrict access to those things. We can probably put some, some better boundaries on um, our own access to the things, but we have to, it ultimately is doomed to failure if we don't have something intentional set up. If we don't have something intentional set up to counteract what's going on. And I think I have something that can really help with that. Thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you guys are really enjoying these extra bonus positive psychology-based uh, podcasts. Again, if you want to sign up for the course, christycoach.com. You'll see um, the education link all the way, the tabs at the top, all the way to the left. You can sign up for the course. There's also a certification program, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more um, on a future podcast because I've got some people asking questions about that. Uh, Instagram, Christy underscore coach, uh, Facebook, CD Swim Coach. And, uh, you know, like, uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Keep downloading on Spotify. I love the growth of this audience. Um, it, it really... Um, I, I, I don't live my life for a lot of external validation, um, but it is really wonderful to see that more and more people are, are listening to this and, um, and, and responding and resonating to some of the stuff we're discussing here. So thank you to all of you for that. And I'll see you again soon.